You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. I'm going to start uh, on a new topic this morning. And so, you know, as always, whenever I do that, uh, it's just going to be sort of a shotgun thing today. Um, I want to talk to you about, I want to start talking to you about values. The Lord started talking to me about this um, several weeks ago. I, I don't even remember exactly where, when it was. I know I've mentioned some of this a couple of times to you as we were discussing other things. But I want to talk to you for however long this goes uh, about a value-driven life. And that's not something you really have to seek after. Kind of the point of what I feel like the Lord is saying is that we already live out of our values. We can desire to have our, our values changed. Our, our values that we grow up, grow up with obviously don't have to be the only, you know, our values are adjustable, I guess is the way I would put this. They can be adjusted through a number of different means. And we'll talk about some of that. But the statement that all this began with um, in me, uh, the statement that the Lord brought to me, was that all of us demonstrate what we value by what we're willing to pay. And, and remember back when we were in part of our talk about uh, last series about freedom, we were talking out of Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, and it says that Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. And we were talking about that term, redeemed. And the fact that it means to go in and actually pay the purchase price for someone to buy them out of slavery for the specific purpose of setting them free. And we made the point that in the sacrifice of, uh, that Jesus made, in, in big bigger idea about that, in God sending his son to die for us, that fact establishes for us the value that God has for us. It doesn't create the value, but it shows us the value. It demonstrates the value. The fact that he was willing to die for us tells us how much God values us. The same way that if we go to, to you know, an auction and we decide how much we're willing to pay for something, well, that demonstrates what what value we place on that thing. When it comes to value, we get to place value. We get to determine value. We get to choose what value we will place. And, and in some things, it's, it's different in the natural for different ones of us. There are different things that, well, that's very valuable to me. And I would be willing to pay a great price for something that you might look at. You know, I mean, think of a yard sale, Okay. You know, one, one person's junk is another person's treasure, you know, and, and we all say that. Well, what is that about? That's about the determining of value. We do that with spiritual things. We do it with natural things. We do it, you know, with material things. Jesus, uh, in some of his teaching, compares uh, the natural valuing of, of things on the earth to our spiritual valuing. So, so we have this I don't even know the right term for it exactly. We have this capability and this bent on the inside that we determine value for all kinds of things. We determine value from our hearts for other people. We, dis- we determine value 
for relationships. And it's okay for some relationships, it's, it's actually more than okay, it's appropriate for some relationships to have a higher value to us than other relationships. That's the way that's supposed to work, by the way. Uh, and, and we determine how a, a, our value for a, a relationship would compare to our value for our work. We, deter, we, we, we are constantly working with comparative values in our own hearts, all right? And a lot of it we're not aware of, but we do this all the time. And what, the, what I felt like the Lord was saying to me some time ago was, we demonstrate what we value by what we're willing to pay for something or what we're willing to invest in something. All right, and we do that. We do that sometimes with money. We, we pay for something with money, but we, we demonstrate what we really value by what we give our time to, by what we give our energy to, by what I think a huge one, what are we willing to sacrifice for? What are we willing? And, and this is just something as we talk about this, you know, I just, this is one of those self-examination talks, okay? But I think it's so essential because we are not always very good at determining for ourselves what our actual value for somebody or something is. Sometimes we think we hold a certain value or maybe we want to hold a certain value for something. But somebody really close to us, your husband, your wife, your children, your best friend, they might be able to tell you better than you can what you really value by how you use your time, how you spend your money, what gets the most of your focus, uh, what, gets, what gets your energy, what gets your energy first. You know, what do you give to? What are you willing to push other things out of your life for? in order to make sure this thing has a central place in my life. We often talk to, uh, in premarital counseling, we talk to couples about this. One of the things we like to talk about is values because we all grow up with different values. A lot of our values come from home life. They come from your family. They come from the environment that you grew up in. And obviously, as we become adults, those things change. Certainly, if you didn't grow up in a Christian home, uh, then that changes as you come to Christ, hopefully. And, uh, you know, but we often talk to couples about this. And for me, it's a little hard. We can give them a questionnaire. Uh, I've been through so many versions of premarital counseling. These days, basically, I tell them, look, if you two both love God more than you love each other, number one, number two, keep Jesus at the absolute center of your marriage, you'll do fine and learn to communicate and say those three things. You got to be able to communicate, okay? And you got to really have God at the center of your relationship, not just say you do. Then you'll do okay because you're going to go through more things than I can possibly imagine in our time of counseling, but you got to have these three items. And, uh, you know, but we can give them a questionnaire or something that has a section on values to try and determine what, what are her values, what are his, especially for younger people getting married. It's, it's, it's valuable. <laughs> but the problem is when I ask them, what do you value the most? They always say God, which, because I'm the pastor, you know, and, and because they want that to be true. And in many cases it is, okay? 
But in many cases, it's not. And it's demonstrated in the way they live, the way they treat other people, the way that they, and I'm not, this isn't, this is, this is not judgmental. This is an observation. It's just the way it is, okay? In the way they approach their work, in the way they do these different things, and whether we ever see them at church. I mean, there are all these different things about where God and the body of Christ and all that places in their lives. It's just the way it is. Doesn't, you know, uh, I, I guess I'm trying, to, I'm trying to convey that I'm not being critical here. It's just the way it is. And I want to help people that are in that situation. But, um, you know, at the same time, it's their life. It's their responsibility. So, but anyway, so, so, we all want, we want God to be in the center of our life. But if he is, that will be demonstrated in the way we live the rest of our life. If our job is in the center of our life, that will be demonstrated in the way. So, so a lot of times people close to us can tell us what our values are better than we could say it. You know, because it, it is, again, we all demonstrate. This is just a fact. We all demonstrate what we value or don't value by what we're willing to pay for something. Time, energy, freedom. How do we use our freedom? We just got done for 11 weeks, I think, talking about the freedom that Christ has given us. The way that we use that really says something about what our inward values are. So this morning, I think, you know, we don't have that much time. I just want to give you some definitions, just throw some things out to you today. And um, and we can take this home. Hopefully we'll get to a Bible verse here in a little while. But I just want to give you some of the main thoughts that the Lord's been uh, putting on my heart here. So, so values are values. You know, this has become a political term. It's, we always have to come back and kind of define these terms. Our values are foundational beliefs. And sometimes they are subconscious convictions. A lot of what we grow up with, we just assimilate from our family, from our culture. You know, uh, we just assimilate. And, and we haven't necessarily really thought about it. When we become Christians, a lot of times the Holy Spirit will start dealing with something in our life and it'll turn out, well, that's because there was this value represented in my home and I just picked that up. And I never really knew. It's not, it's not a sinful thing. It's just not exactly where God wants me to. So he wants to adjust it because he wants me in a different place. And he wants, you know, again, we're going to live out of values. These are foundational beliefs. Sometimes they are subconscious, but we live out of them. Values produce attitudes and actions in us, which in, which in turn result, all of that produces fruit, for better or for worse, good or bad fruit, in our lives. All of that comes out of these foundational convictions that we hold in our hearts. So, so one of the things, um, you know, godly values, values that look, God has values, and he's made that very clear. And certainly people and relationships and the kingdom, because the kingdom's about drawing people into his family, and, you know, truth, integrity. I mean, we could go on and on. Love, joy, peace. I mean, the fruit of the Spirit, all of that comes out of who God is and what he foundationally values. So 
part of the process of growing up as a Christian, part of the process of having our minds renewed, is having our values shifted where they need to be shifted. And I can say, I mean, I know in my life, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not done. I'm, I'm still in the oven. But, uh, but it's, uh, you know, there are certain things that I didn't value at all when I came to the Lord. And now I value them greatly. And so, you know, the Lord will work on that level in our hearts through his word, through his presence. But again, these are sometimes they're subconscious convictions. So what does that mean? Well, it means I need the Holy Spirit to make me aware of them. And I guess I'll just throw this in here. This has come up several times recently in conversations with people. One of the things about the whole process of our minds being renewed and us, you know, what is that? Well, that's the Holy Spirit changing my thinking to be like his. And changing, we're talking about values this morning, changing, adjusting my values so that I value the same things that God values in the same way. And that's a big adjustment for most of us. But that's part of the renewing of the mind. One of the keys to allowing that process and encouraging that process to go on in your life is to hold things that are valuable to you today, uh, to hold them loosely before God, to be willing to come with anything that's it's, it's a part of your life, it's, it's, a, it's a habit, it's something that you enjoy. Uh, what it, I guess your whole life, really, I mean, a part of welcoming the change that God brings is to hold things loosely before him. And that just means, Lord, if you want to change, I love this. And I, and there's nothing, it's not, you know, I'm not, not talking about sin in particular. I mean, we should, we should hate sin. But I'm just talking about whatever in our lives, whatever things are important, their priorities, whatever. Lord, you are Lord. You are not just Savior. You are Lord, you are God, you are king, you are ruler, you are Lord. That means anything that I have, whatever I have, whatever I am, whatever comes into my life, I need to just hold it loosely that, Lord, if if you want this changed, if you want this attitude changed, if you want this viewpoint changed, it's yours to change. And if he speaks to you about it, you go with that and you let him change it. If he doesn't, then just go on listening to him and, you know, and, and have your time with him. But there's just sort of this inward attitude of, Lord, whatever I hold dear, no matter how dear I hold it, it's yours. You're God. You know, that means he's God. And uh, I don't know, as Americans, we tend to put that down in this little narrow thing. Maybe not as Americans, maybe as human beings. I don't know. So, did we get through this sentence yet? Uh, so values are foundational beliefs, sometimes subconscious convictions that provide guidelines to our attitudes and actions. They're really springboards for our attitudes and actions. And again, a lot of times we're not even really aware of them. The first values that most of us have, they are, they're instilled in the home, okay? But then they can be adjusted just by choices that we make and particularly Choices of environment, choices of friendships. You know, we've said this for years and years, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And it's absolutely true. If you don't, as you come to Christ and you grow in Christ, if you're not willing to let go of some friendships, you hope not to, 
But if that's a negative influence in your life and it's leading you away from God, you gotta. I mean, if you want to grow in God, you don't gotta, because I don't get to tell you what you gotta, okay? But if you want to grow in God, you gotta be willing to let that friendship go sometimes. And it's hurtful. We all hate that, you know? But if you're not the influencer, if you are the influencee, in that relationship, and it's leading you away from the things, the direction you know God's taking you, then you got to make an adjustment there. Okay, so so there are all these different things we can our our values can be adjusted by the choices we make, the friends we choose, the environments we put ourselves into, and hopefully, I mean, best case, time spent in God's Word and His presence. That's what adjusts our values to look like his, to hold the same values that he has. We all, you know, we love the verses there in Romans 12, 1 and 2, of making ourselves a living sacrifice before God, uh, you know, not being conformed to the world, but having our minds renewed by the Spirit of God and proving, that just means demonstrating, living out what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. We all want that. Well, in most of our cases, probably all of our cases, there are heart values that have to be changed in order for that to happen. And so that we can live that real congruent life with with who God is. So the scripture gives us all, if you just think through it, it gives us all these different illustrations of people either living for God or against God out of their values. And we we all do it. David, you know... David's a great example on both ends. That's what I love about the Bible. But David, you know, said that, uh, talked about, it talks about him, how we have to keep our word even to our own hurt. Okay, so so we make a promise, we make a commitment. We are going to keep that word even when it no, is no longer convenient and it becomes difficult. That's That's a person who values their word. They're willing to pay something to keep their word. You doing okay, Connie? Okay, just checking. Had to check. One day she wasn't and she didn't tell us. Um, so so stay with me or I'll stay with you or something. Um, by the way, for those of you who are visiting, I don't say something to everyone who walks out the door. It just happened to be Connie's situation. Um, what were we talking about? David. Yeah, keeping his word even to his own hurt. I love that because that's, that's that place of, you know, I said, what are you willing to sacrifice for? That's how we pay. That's how we, we demonstrate value because I'm willing to pay going through something difficult to keep my word. That's integrity. Okay, so high value on integrity. You live like that. He said, David also said, he didn't want to bring an offering. He was going to make an offering to the Lord and you know, you, you know the story. Somebody else was going to give him something. And he said, no, I don't want to make any sacrifice that doesn't cost me something. He wanted to pay for the sacrifice that he was going to make. for, uh, and, and, and so there was this in his heart that if it was going to be a sacrifice, if it was going to be something given to God, it was going to cost him something. And he wanted to pay the price. That's, that's having a value for the sacrifice. In other words, he wasn't going to just do what was convenient, wasn't just going to do what was left over and give that to the Lord. He wanted to be sure that he uh, 
he, he gave something of himself. That's the price he was willing to pay for that. Daniel, you know, uh, not eating the king's food. You okay, Lisa? No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I won't do it again. That's it. Um, uh, yeah, Jack and I, Connie. Good. Uh, Daniel, not eating the king's foods and, uh, you know, all of that. There was, a, there was a value in his heart of, we're going to live this way unto the Lord. And they were willing to make the sacrifice to live that out. Uh, Meshach, Shadrach, Shadrach, and Abednego going into the fiery furnace. <laughs> you know, I mean, those guys stood there and they said, look, we know God will deliver us from this furnace. But even if he doesn't, we're not serving your, we're not going to worship you, king. We're not going to serve your God. Even if he doesn't, even if it costs us our lives on this end, even if it costs us this natural life, we're going to worship God. And in so doing, receive eternal life, which Jesus taught about that, right? We have just countless expressions throughout the scripture of these evidences where people were willing to sacrifice this in order to stand on their values, in order to stand on those in those internal convictions and uh, and do what the Lord was was calling them to do. So I've got a lot more here, but let's. Um, well, let me just give you these, and then I do want to jump over to one passage of scripture, and we'll probably be done this morning. So, our values. Whoops. Jeez. Oh, this is a weird day. Let's see if we can get this back for you. I value having this stuff up on the screen. I value being able to see my notes. Our values can be adjusted. All right, and I just want to give you this little list so you you can think about it. Our values can be adjusted by immersion. And that's so important, what we immerse ourselves in. If you want to change something that's going on in, in your heart, or the Lord begins to lead you to change something that's going on in your heart, you want to immerse yourself in him, in scriptures about that thing. You want to get his heart. You want to spend time getting to know him around that area. You want to, um, you, you can through, sometimes just through an encounter with the Lord, a time in a, in a worship setting or a time in your own private setting where you just make that solid connection with the Lord he can change things that are deep, solid. They've been, they've been a part of you. Uh, again, we don't, aren't even aware, but this has been a part of me since I was a kid. And all of a sudden, I see it differently. That happens through the word of God and through encounter with the Lord. And so the pursuit of that, giving ourselves to the pursuit for a lifetime of getting to know God better is the way I, I keep my heart in a place where he can adjust things. All right, we've, we've got to, and there's so many scriptures about that. Paul's values were adjusted on the road to Damascus. Would you agree? Paul went out thinking he was serving God by murdering Christians, thinking he was serving God by imprisoning and killing Christians. 
And he had that encounter with Jesus that totally changed his values, totally changed who he was, totally changed his understanding uh, of, of who the Lord was. Peter, James, and John in, in their walk, when Jesus called them, they had this choice of they, they were all fishermen and their dads were all fishermen and the boats were going to belong to them and the nets and the business and all of that. It was the family. It was their life. And Jesus said, leave your stuff and follow me. And they did it. That had to cause a ruckus in the family. That, had to, that was a big, big deal. It was much more than just, oh, pull your, pull your boat up above the surf line, you know, and, and leave it here and we'll go off. And this was a transformation of life. And Jesus had to go back to Peter after the resurrection and give him special time to be sure that that thing stuck, right? And that he would, would follow the Lord. So there are all these different, there are all these different encounters throughout the scripture where the Lord didn't just change it, it. Their values had to change. Here's the deal. Sorry. If our values don't change, then whatever we're trying to do well will just be temporary. Because we will, again, our values are demonstrated by what we're willing to pay. Okay? If if we don't really have our values changed about something, we may make a temporary investment in it, a temporary attempt to live a certain way. But until our values are changed, we're not going to fully invest ourselves in it. We will invest ourselves. We will sacrifice for, we'll put other things out of our life. We will go beyond convenience. We'll do all of that for what we actually value. And until that changes... We'll just make a half-hearted attempt and then it'll go back. We run into this all the time, all the time with, uh, in marriage, with married couples. And I guess I want to talk about this about out of time, um, kind of from both sides so we can grab, because in relationships, it's really important that we, we understand what's valuable in our lives. We understand how our pursuit of what's valuable makes the other person feel and how they pursue or perceive what's going on in us. So we all the time run into this situation in in husbands and wives where many times the husband's main pursuit in life is whatever his vocation is, whatever his, that's where most of his time goes and all that. In his heart, many times he is loving his family by pursuing that. But what his family needs, what his wife needs, and what his wife values may be time, you know, some personal time, time with the kids. A lot of times with wives and moms, that's what we see is they want dad not even to be with them anymore. Mothers are pretty selfless. They want him to be with the kids. You know, they they want that demonstration. To them, that's how you demonstrate value for us is be with us, Okay. And dad's there saying, I'm going to work every day, working my tail off. And, and so the recognition is not there back and forth of what's valuing. And in those situations, both sides need to compromise. They need to change. They, there needs to be a recognition that this person is 
giving their life to that work, not because they don't love us, but because they do. And there needs to be a recognition that work cannot be my whole life because it is not, I've got to figure out, am I getting all my identity from this? Do I just prefer time with with my buddies and the crew? Is that true? Well, that's a problem and you're not going to stay married, okay? If you want to stay married and you want your kids to grow up liking you, then it would be really good for you to sort that out and not give your whole life to your job. And I know you said, well, we've got bills to pay. We've got, yep, both sides need to adjust. Figure it out. You can make this work so that everybody in there, it's not that either of those values are wrong. Usually there's no communication in the middle. There's no communication. So there's no real heart understanding of one another. So there's no appreciation of what dad's doing. Dad gets resentful and dad's just going to do more of that out there and it goes the way it goes. It's just an example of where we can have certain values, but the people around us perceive it completely differently because we give ourselves to what we actually value. We give ourselves to that. We, that's what we invest in. And again, you might try to you know, you might, you might say, okay, well, well I'm going to do better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing it this way. I'm going to come home a little earlier. I'm gonna... But if the value doesn't change in your heart, you won't be able to keep it up. You just won't because you will demonstrate your values by what you're willing to give yourself to. Does that make sense? So this is just something, and, and in most of those situations, People can find peace. Again, that's why we always tell people who are getting married, you've got to have God in the center. You've got to learn to communicate with each other because the Lord can sort those things out. There can be a way where you never thought there'd be a way. He can change your housing situation, your house payment, your bills, your whatever. If your heart is toward him and toward those people you love, he can make it work. If you're both in agreement, if you're praying, if you're even willing to say, okay, it's this way for a season, But we need this to change out of love for each other. We got to see this change. And you both start seeking God about it earnestly and truthfully and praying through whatever you need to pray through. And if your whole identity is caught up in that job, that's a problem anyway. And if you're, you know, if if on the other end, you're just wanting an outrageous amount of time or whatever, we've all got to sort through the hard issues. But God can make it work. That's what's so impressive (laughs) with God is he can never... I'm going to quit. I'm trying to quit. Never take just what the status quo, just what we see around us. Well, it's just impossible to find a house. Well, not for you. It's impossible to find a house that's affordable. Not for you. You're a believer. God has it for you. Are you supposed to be here? Then God will make it work. Okay. Are you supposed to be in this marriage? And if you're married, I would say yes. Then God will make it work, all right? But we've got to be willing to shift and, and adjust. We never got to a Bible verse today. So quick, give you one. Okay, is everybody all right with that? doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. My wife told me to do it. So um, yeah, uh, yeah, this is a good one. This will be a fun thing to take home. This is always such a positive, uplifting verse. Mark 8, 34 through 37. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples, the crowd and the disciples, and said, if anyone would come after me, follow me. If anyone would follow me, must deny himself. That means subjugate 
your interest to his interest. That right there is a change of values. He must deny himself, take up his cross, that's the will of God, no matter what it costs, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. All right, I'm just going to stop right there. Right there, Jesus is talking about if you keep trying to hold on to all of this natural life, and and we'll go through some different ideas about that, but there are a lot of things we can give ourselves to in this natural life. There are things we can decide are so important about it, our our popularity, our friends being, uh, you know, money that we're making, whatever it is, our position, there are all these different things. If, if you keep trying to make that work, you will sacrifice what God has for you. But if instead you turn around and you pursue the life that he has for you, and you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and you make those your highest values, he'll say, he says he'll add all these other stuff to you. Because then he can trust you with all this other stuff for one thing. All right. So we read a Bible verse. So uh, yeah, we're, we're good, right? Let's stand up and pray. We're out of time this morning. Let's stand up and pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just, there again, for all of us in this place this morning, I believe in my heart, we're here. We're here today instead of wherever else because we do want you, number one, and what you have for us and for our families and for our friends, for our community, for the whole world. Lord, we want what Jesus has for us and we want it for everyone around us. And so, Father, we do hold. And I, and I pray this morning that every one of us have our relationship with you as truly the most valuable thing in the center of our life. And that from that relationship, you guide us. And you do sort out all these different struggles we go through, whether it's in marriage or with work or, or wherever, in our finances or whatever it is, you sort that out. But Father, we hold you first and we hold the expansion of your kingdom first. And I just pray, Father, as we spend the next few weeks thinking about this whole idea, Lord, that all of us would be able to to hold our values up before you, even those we're not aware of, and say, Lord, if you need to adjust, get, get in here and adjust. It is all yours, Lord. And Father, we thank you for that today. I pray that as we go out into our community and other communities, Lord, We go out as lights in dark places. We go out, Father God, full of your life. And we truly carry your presence and your life out there into into this whole community. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to be dismissed. And then if if anybody needs personal prayer, I'd love to pray for you this morning. So come on up afterwards. And we'd love to pray for you. All right. Let's say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Go out there and be the church. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.